Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Ho, 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 yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Tuckheads Tuesday. Listen, I couldn't wait till Wednesday or Thursday to talk to Greg Cosell about the NFL draft. Had to get him in, especially since we did the first podcast Sunday night this week. Why not do the second one Tuesday morning? Decent amount of news yesterday with DeAndre Hopkins and Tyron Matthew. Get into that momentarily. But I wanted to get Greg's input, especially on some of these first-round picks. We'll end up doing a divisional series with Greg where we'll get his thoughts on every team's picks, including your team. It's, you know, we've spent so much time previewing the draft. I like to actually go over what they did afterwards and just kind of get a sense for where the team is, who they took, why we think they took them. It's fun. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. You know what else is fun? Winning. Winning the Spread the Word contest at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and especially this week, Facebook, because we're getting – Another Facebook winner this week. Although I did have a bunch of people subscribe to the TikTok yesterday at Ross Tucker NFL after I gave it a shout out on the Dan Patrick show. Sponsor confirmation email winner. So many good sponsors this week. ExpressVPN and Raycon and LinkedIn, Athletic Greens, UFOs. Get in on that. So many good press passes still left from the season. Maybe I'll talk about them later in the show. And then the YouTube shout out. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Such an awesome way to see the two or three highlight clips of every show or just watch the show. I know a lot of people watch it like on their big screen or on their laptops now while they're working. Pretty awesome that that people are taking advantage of the video element as well. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg. Well, we spent, I don't know, darn near two months (laughs) leading up to the draft. And then in three days, it's over and people kind of move on. Not me. I, I, I think it's important to see what these teams did and what we believe their strategy to be and just some observations on their picks. I do want to, though, ask you some specific questions about the NFL draft, in particular the first round, to get your insight. Uh, I guess the first one, I'm not going to get into Trayvon Walker versus Aiden Hutchinson. I think we know that the Jaguars obviously liked 
the athletic ability and the upside of Walker. We get that. I am curious, Greg, to get your opinion of the Texans taking Derek Stingley Jr. over Sauce Gardner and how you sort of compare and contrast those players. What do you think of that decision? Well, just a quick point before we get into that specifically. You, you had mentioned observations. I think despite the fact that quarterbacks were not taken, it was still a passing game draft because – when you look at the players that were taken through much of the first round, really until uh, Jordan Davis at pick 13, all these players were really either pass protectors, pass rushers, corners, or receivers. So ultimately it was still a passing game draft, even though quarterbacks were not taken. That was my initial reaction as I was watching it unfold. We, We likely knew quarterbacks would not be taken. Maybe there'd be a surprise but I think we kind of knew, certainly once we got past six with Carolina and nine with Seattle, we kind of knew how it would start to play out. But then getting back to your question, um, I think, and it's fair based on film study, to say that Stingley, at his absolute best, is a quicker, more sudden, more purely explosive athlete than Gardner. So you have to decide what you like more, that element of, of corner or Gardner's length. So it really comes down to what you see as more important uh, for an outside corner in the NFL. Gardner has tremendous length. As you know, he's 6'3". His arms are incredibly long. You normally don't see arm length like that in outside corners, Ross. Um, So it simply comes down to what you value more. And my guess is Stingley was number one on some boards and Gardner was number one on other boards. Clearly, Houston had Stingley number one on their board. It wasn't a surprise to me once you watch the tape and see what they both look like. I was told by somebody, Greg, that they thought Stingley profiled as being like a true shutdown press man lock corner, and they weren't quite sure that was Gardner. They thought Gardner was a good player and he'll be a good starter in the NFL, but they weren't sure that he becomes, you know, like an elite shutdown corner has that ability, the same kind of ability that Stingley does, which means they probably were talking what you just mentioned about the suddenness and the explosiveness as an athlete. And one more thing, which is very important, ball production. Stingley is a high level player of the football as a corner. He's a former receiver. He's got phenomenal hands. He plays the ball extremely well. And obviously all defensive coaches love turnovers. So that could have factored in as well. Wanted to ask you about the Atlanta Falcons getting the first wide receiver off the board. Then we had a run on them. Yes. But the first wide receiver off the board in Drake London and what do you think that means for Arthur Smith's preference, what they're trying to build in Atlanta? Because it feels like he was a different type of receiver, Greg, than Garrett Wilson, Olave, Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson. Felt like Drake London was sort of in a different category. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Um, I think when you look at Drake London, and all I can do, as you know, Ross, is base it on my evaluations of the player, which could very well be different from teams, and that's perfectly fine. I like to think reasonable people can see things differently. Um, they obviously valued his size. I mean, he's 6'4", he's 219. 
Um, they obviously value his ability to play above the rim and make contested catches. He did much of that in college. But the one thing that hasn't been talked about a lot, and I'm sure it's valued by Arthur Smith and staff, was the fact that London has extensive experience playing both outside and in the slot. So he's a movement receiver in the sense that he can line up in different locations within your formation with experience doing that and be effective in both areas. Um, I did not see him as a true boundary X, which doesn't mean he'll never play boundary X. Of course he will. But I did not see him in the Mike Evans, Mike Williams category, as many had postulated before the draft. I think you'll see him play boundary X. I think you'll see him play the slot to twins. I think you'll see him play the inside slot to trips. I think you'll see him move all over the formation. And don't forget, they have another receiver on that team who can do exactly the same thing in Kyle Pitts. So now you have two receivers who give you a ton of location versatility, and that's a good thing in today's NFL. Yeah, that was going to be my thought. And listen, I think you know this part of it better than I do, but if you have two six four, six five, six six guys, it feels like defenses, Greg, try to have one guy, whether it's a safety or a corner that has some size to him that can match up with a bigger player, but they don't have two. Correct. You know, it, it'd be. I mean, obviously they'd love to, but it's hard to do. I guess I'm wondering if Arthur Smith says, "Listen, I got both those big boys out there." one of them is going to have a favorable matchup or they're going to have to play zone. And I got these big body guys that can sit down against zone. It's a great point, Ross, because what a lot of people don't think about when they think, as you just mentioned in a kind of a roundabout way is what are you trying to do for your quarterback? You're trying to do with your quarterback through use of personnel and formation to give him as much information before the snap of the ball as possible. And you just made a great point about teams maybe not being able to truly match up man-to-man with any consistency against both London and Kyle Pitts simply because of the athletic uh, the size dimensions uh, that they present. So ultimately, because it's it will be Marcus Mariota as their quarterback. Yes, they did trade up for Desmond Ritter, but this year it will be Marcus Mariota. So you're trying to give Marcus Mariota, who is the kind of quarterback who definitely needs that, all do to some extent, obviously, but you're trying to give your quarterback as much information before the snap of the ball as possible. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave went back-to-back picks. We've talked about them as players. Greg, when you look at it, the Saints gave up five or six picks in total to get Chris Olave. Um, is he worth it? Well, again, that, that's that's a fascinating question. If he becomes an all-pro, yes. But I think he's in a great position because they will have Michael Thomas back, um, assuming health, and I believe he's now healthy. Michael Thomas is your alpha dog receiver. He's your boundary X. He's your tough physical receiver. He's the third down receiver. He makes the tough catches. Chris Olave is a compliment. He's a smooth, fluid, 
uh, intermediate vertical route runner, probably at the NFL level will be able to get on top of coverage and make explosive plays in the pass game. He's not a third down receiver. He's not going to work the middle of the field. He's not a run after catch player. He's a compliment to an alpha dog like Michael Thomas. So we can debate whether it's worth it to go up and get him at pick 11, but he fits their team extremely well. Well, you're not going to say it. I will. He's definitely not worth it if he's not the things you just said and he's not the alpha dog. That makes no sense. Well, that me. he is not. The film right. tells you that. Just so, you know, people who maybe are tuning in and haven't listened very much, Ross, to, to me with you, everything I say is based on film study. I don't do hot takes. I don't do takes. I look at the film. Chris Olave's film tells you what he is. So... um it doesn't work this way, Greg, but I am curious. You studied both players extensively. You study the NFL every day, all day. Let's say you were starting a franchise, you know, an expansion team or whatever, Greg. Would you rather have Jordan Davis or Kyle Hamilton? Because that's the text message all my buddies were giving me. As you a foundational <laughs> piece of a defense, would you rather have, you know, all my buddies are Eagles fans and they're like, they like Jordan Davis, but could have had Kyle Hamilton. I think it's an interesting discussion, Greg, of the – you're talking about both the players and sort of the positions they play. And I think that people would be mistaken if they don't view safety as an important position in today's NFL. I think safety is a truly important position. I'll answer it this way. When you draft Jordan Davis, you're drafting a projection, okay, because ultimately – what Jordan Davis did in college and was asked to do in college, and, and I, believe me, people have brought this up to me on social media nonstop since you and I discussed Jordan Davis a number of weeks ago, is people have said, well, I don't understand George's defense. That's not the point. It's not a matter of understanding George's defense. I guarantee Kirby Smart didn't say, well, Jordan Davis is such a great player and he can do everything, but we're not going to let him do it. You know that, Ross. That's not the way coaches think, right? If a guy is really, really good at, at whatever he's good at, they want him to do it. So it's a projection with Jordan Davis as to what he can become. He played just a little more than 20 snaps per game at Georgia. He did not play on third downs. So if you draft Jordan Davis with the 13th pick in an NFL draft, as the Eagles did, and traded up, by the way, because they were afraid Baltimore would get him, then they are saying, and they could well be right. There's no way to know this. They could well be right. They are believing that down the road, Jordan Davis will play meaningful snaps and be, I don't want to say a dominant inside pass rusher, but clearly a good inside pass rusher. That's the bet they're making with Jordan Davis. They could absolutely be right. If they didn't see that, and they just drafted Jordan Davis to be what he was in college, then Kyle Hamilton's the better pick. So the Eagles obviously believe that Jordan Davis will become a great player, a meaningful, significant inside pass rusher who's going to play meaningful snaps. I hope they're right. If they're not right, then Kyle Hamilton is the better prospect. Curious about the uh, the commanders taking Jahan Dotson at 16. Yep. After they traded down with the commanders I mean, with the Saints at 11, Saints pull, trade up for Olave. 
I watched a lot of both those guys, Greg. I'm not a wide receiver expert. I don't pretend to be. I thought they were pretty similar. I, I, I thought Dotson and Olave sort of reminded me of each other. You know, I, I don't know. Is Olave significantly better prospect than Dotson in your mind that it was worth the Saints trading up like that? How do you compare those two? Well, I personally, based on film study, thought Dotson was the better prospect. Um, I think Dotson, uh, you saw far more catches between the numbers inside. He was fearless inside, made a lot of tough catches. Um, you did not see that on tape with Olave. Uh, so I thought Dotson was the better prospect overall. I was not surprised Washington took him at 16. I did not view that as, wow, that's a reach pick. I thought Jahan Dotson, I could easily make the argument he was a top three receiver, possibly, if I had to make a list. Um, maybe top four, and probably top four. So, uh, But yeah, I thought Dotson was a better overall prospect, given the kinds of routes he ran, was asked to run, and the what he showed on tape. Let's get to what happened at 18, because I think we all know A.J. Brown is a good player, uh, but that's not somebody we talked about, really, in the pre-draft process. The Eagles trade for A.J. Brown, really unique body type, Greg. 6'1", almost 230 pounds. You know, almost a running back, a big running back body type for Eagles fans that are excited, what exactly are they getting in A.J. Brown? Well, let me answer just this first. I think the 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 A.J. Brown, the Tyreek Hill, and what the Titans did is going to play out more over the next couple of years. The Dolphins and the Eagles decided they wanted to spend a lot of money on receivers with NFL experience who've played at a high level. The Titans said, we're not going to do that because there's always receivers in the pipeline. So instead of wanting to, to pay and, and paying A.J. Brown, whatever number it was, I guess it was $100 million, give or take, they said, you know what, we're going to draft his replacement. And therefore, we get, in their mind, a very similar player. Many, including myself, have compared Traylon Burks to A.J. Brown and stylistically. So the Titans made the choice. There's always receivers in the pipeline. We're not going to pay a receiver $100 million plus million. The Eagles and Dolphins took the opposite approach. Um, so in A.J. Brown, you're getting a really physical receiver, dominant working inside on in-breaking routes, which, by the way, I think fits the Eagles extremely well, because when do you see a lot of in-breaking routes in today's NFL? You see it off RPO looks. You see it off bang play action from the shotgun. That's what the Eagles offense looks like. Jalen Hurts is in the shotgun. You see all the RPO elements. You see the bang play action. Because don't forget, when you put a quarterback like Jalen Hurts in the gun, you always have the zone read element that defenses have to be aware of. Brown is phenomenal running slant routes, glance routes, in-breakers, incredibly strong, competitive, physical run after catch. He fits exactly what the Eagles offense looks like. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. That was my read on it. Uh, Kenny Pickett went 20 to the Steelers. I was a little surprised by that, Greg. I thought the Steelers would go with the upside and the running ability of Malik Willis. What are they telling us with that decision? Well, first of all, as you know, I thought Kenny Pickett was the best quarterback prospect in the draft. So 
I guess teams, because there were teams that needed quarterbacks, theoretically, you know, I mean, I guess teams feel they, they have their guy. I mean, obviously, Carolina was one of those teams. They ultimately took Matt Corral later. Um, Seattle was one of those teams people thought would take a quarterback at some point. Um, Atlanta did when they took Desmond Ritter in the third round. Um, it's a hard question to answer because everybody has talked about Malik Willis's upside. I've seen people I respect think that he could become Steve McNair. That's a high that's a high compliment. Steve McNair was a great player, although it took him a couple of years. It might take Willis that. But I can't answer why teams didn't take him other than the fact that maybe they went with the tape rather than the upside because his 2021 tape was really not very good. So you're banking on what you think he could become at obviously the most important position on the field. So somewhere along the line, teams thought there was a disconnect between upside and ceiling and tape. So that's the only way I can answer that, Ross. I don't know what's in teams' minds. I don't know what their draft boards looked like. But the tape in 2021 was not that good. And yet it's easy to talk about upside. Let's talk about the Bills trading up to get Kair Elam yep. from – uh, Florida, the corner. It was a position that clearly the Bills needed in somebody else. I know Emory Hunt on the College Draft podcast really liked Elam and thought he should be getting a little more love than he was, and evidently the Bills agreed. Well, once the, the Chiefs traded up to get Trent McDuffie at 21, the Bills knew they needed a corner. And you could easily make the argument that Elam was one of the best traits corners in this draft when you just look at pure physical traits, which include size, obviously, at the corner position. He's over 6'2". He's physical. He's competitive. He has a, a long, extensive history of playing press man coverage, both physical press man with competitive swagger and mirror match press man. Um, he's, he's competitive in terms of tackling. Um, he's a really good prospect, in my opinion. Again, I don't do draft boards, but I would say he has clear first-round traits. So that was a, a, a combination of need and player. And I think once the Chiefs, as I said, made that trade to get McDuffie, the Bills probably felt we can't get out of this first round without getting one of the corners that's high on our board. You have first-round traits, Greg. You bring it every week. Really looking forward to diving into it division by division so everybody can get a little flavor for what we think the strategy is of these teams and the picks that they made. Thank you so much, as always. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Appreciate you and appreciate Netflix. How nice is it to watch all the different shows on Netflix like Pulp Fiction, Jurassic World, Inception. Here's the thing, though. You need ExpressVPN to do it. Like, if you're going to have Netflix, make sure you have ExpressVPN so you can get the most out of it. You can watch Jurassic World on Hong Kong Netflix. You can watch Pulp Fiction on Canadian Netflix. They have almost 100 different server locations. So you can gain access to thousands of shows. So nice to have way more shows than you just have on American Netflix. Blazing fast speeds. Plus, you know all the other reasons to have ExpressVPN just to protect your information and security. Be smart. Stop paying full price. 
for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash Tucker. Don't forget to use that link, by the way, expressvpn.com slash Tucker to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tucks takes. Morning, Ross. We'll start today with the Cardinals and wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, who is suspended for six games, uh, caught with PED usage. Right. His agent released a statement. He released a statement saying he has no idea how this happened. He's stunned. Going to get to the bottom of it. We'll provide more information. Tested negative in October, tested negative in December. <sighs> a couple things. Number one, I don't care about the other times you tested negative. I don't care. That's irrelevant. That is like saying to your spouse, yeah, I, I might have cheated on you or had an affair in November, but I didn't in September or October. Like, dude, it doesn't matter. You, you, you had an affair. You tested positive. So I don't understand that part of it. And all I will say is, if if you're shocked that this happened, you don't know how, why did he drop the appeal? Why doesn't he find out what happened and then continue to fight the appeal? Probably in fairness, because he knows that there's a strict rule and no matter if it was a tainted supplement or whatever if it's in your system you're 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 positive but i don't remember very many instances in which a guy like this actually later on provides more information or actually later on sues the supplement manufacturer or whatever first of all there is absolutely no reason to take anything other than what is on the NFL's list of approved substances. So I have no sympathy whatsoever. It's really, really easy. His poor decision just cost him over $5 million. I mean, think about that. Ducks takes. Honey Badger is coming home. Saints signed Tyron Matthew, three years, $33 million, 18 of it fully guaranteed. You know, the Saints really, really think they're going to be good this year. I mean, there's not much of another explanation. The Saints are all in. They're going for it this year. I don't know if they just have that much faith in Jameis Winston or they want to get the Dennis Allen era off to a good start. They want to prove that maybe they're more than just Sean Payton. I don't know what the Saints' motivation is, 
at this point. But, man, it's interesting because with the draft picks for Olave that Greg and I were talking about, with Honey Badger, I mean, they're really going for it. I think he's a good safety. I think he replaces Marcus Williams. I don't know that he's a great safety anymore. I don't know that he's worth that money anymore. You got to really know how to use him. Ducks takes. Jaguars uh, lock up Cam Robinson. Three years, $54 million extension. You know, that actually happened the day before the draft started, but kind of got lost and everything going on with the draft. Speaking of getting lost, I would be lost without these Raycon wireless earbuds. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, it is an amazing Mother's Day gift. Your mom, especially if she works out or goes for like walks outside, I would be lost without these. In the hotel working out for the Eagles, I was listening to these. When I go for walks, I listen. I love making phone calls with these in. These things have like changed my life. Huge, huge fan. Great Mother's Day gift. They don't stick out of your ears like the other ones. They'll stay right in with their optimized gel tips. Amazing. They have over 49,000 five-star reviews because they're awesome and perfect for your five-star mom. Tell your mom how much you love her and make sure she hears it in crystal clear audio quality with Raycon. Go to buyraycon.com slash Tucker to get 15% off your Mother's Day order. That's buyraycon.com slash Tucker. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. As for Cam Robinson, the Jags clearly think he's good enough, clearly think he's solid, and as soon as they signed him, it was confirmed they were taking Trayvon Walker, or at least some DN. Ducks takes. Couple of transactions. Washington signs guard Trey Turner. Niners sign Jason Verrett and the Rams trade for Troy Hill from Cleveland in exchange for a fifth round pick in next year's draft. That was like the only trade for a veteran player during the draft. Well, I guess AJ Brown. But that was the only trade like on day two or day three for a non-star. There used to be more of those. I'm not quite sure why there aren't. <clears throat> and then uh, Trey Turner is just a guy that Ron Rivera knows well. That's how it works. Barrett's a good player, gets hurt a lot. I think you guys know the deal there. Ducks takes. And finally, a couple guys uh, getting cut. Uh, Nick Foles from the Bears, Falcons, Mike Davis, and the Eagles cut Nate Herbig. So Mike Davis, I think, is a salary cap thing. The Falcons drafted a running back. They've got Patterson. Foles, I guess I wonder if Carolina or Seattle gives him a shot, gets him in the mix to maybe see if he can compete and is better than the other guys they have. And then the Herbig one I was a little surprised by. 
I guess the Eagles tried to trade him during the draft after they tr- drafted Cam Jurgens because, you know, he's probably as a second round pick going to be the swing inside guy. So Herbig wants to go elsewhere, but Herbig's been a solid, you know, pretty reliable interior backup for them. You know, the Eagles could have chosen to keep him through mini camp, through training camp in case they had injuries or other people had injuries. Shout outs, Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics. We are a podcast factory. College draft, fantasy feast, even money all today for your listening or watching enjoyment whenever you want it. Get fired up to Tuckheads Tuesday. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 